When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall. It's the final word daily brought to you as ever by Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. I'm Cameron Punsonby in Ranchy. Daniel Norcross is Daniel Norcross in Tooting and he's going to summarise today's play in 30 seconds. England began incredibly belligerently with a fantastic counter-attack from Robinson. Uh, Root didn't get to do much at the other end uh, when Robinson was out playing a reverse sweep. Of course, it's Basball. We saw the single worst shot in the history of Test cricket ever played. Yes, I'm looking at you, Shannon Gabriel. It was worse than that from Shoaib Bashir. But somehow he managed to come back and redeem himself with four crucial wickets on a pitch that played capriciously, sometimes nastily, sometimes well. Yet again, the mighty Giantswell impressed with a wonderful 70-odd. But England finished the day with 134 run lead still and only three more wickets to take in the first innings, they will feel that they're in a terrific position to level the series by winning the match and take us to Dharamshala, sleety Dharamshala, with the series all square. It's poetry as ever. And I think capriciously was a wonderful word to use there because I've my takeaway from this game so far is it's playing into the narrative that was preceding the series, which is India are a very, very good team. And if you're going to make a shit heap, which is going to start spinning, if you're going to play the lottery, expect to gamble. No, if you're going to gamble, expect a lottery. That's what I mean to say. Because whilst I think England have been very good in this match, and I'm interested to know if you'll agree with this, Daniel, I also, they've been exceptionally lucky. The, the rub of the green has gone with England throughout this test match. They've won the toss, which is so vitally important on this wicket as we're now seeing. Yesterday, yes, the morning was a lively session, but from sessions two and three, it was pretty flat. It was pretty slow. Ollie Robinson, test best of 58. He himself was saying when the ball got old, wasn't too many kind of demons in it. And now we're starting to see the pitch break up as India bat. And thank goodness... Rob Key of the ECB reached his hand into his pocket, paid off the Hawkeye lads, and England are now getting all the decisions in their favour. Having bitched and moaned about DRS for the whole of last week, three umpires' calls have gone their way today after India had burned their reviews yesterday and not got to Ellie Robinson when he was stoned at LBW. If England don't win this test match, they have cocked up enormously because they have had everything in their favour, they have executed their own skills well, and, well... They're 130 runs ahead with only seven, seven, three wicket Indian wickets left. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's undeniable. But I'd have to say that England have made a little bit of their own luck. Um, Root innings, Root's innings was sure. sublime. Uh, Robinson actually played very well in tandem with him and, and Root was able to trust him, which was notable that 
Robinson dominated the amount of um, the amount. Of, the amount of, I was going to say the amount of possession there, but the, the amount of balls that he faced. <laughs> it's, it's the same yeah. thing, isn't it? The possession within the partnership, uh, and he batted really well to do that. But it was noticeable, wasn't it? We were all scratching our heads, wondering about this pitch. But there were some that went horribly low today. There was an, an hilarious one. Uh, from Hartley, I think, that went really low outside the off stump underneath, folks. Oh, yeah. Uh, if that happens and it's straight, <laughs> then you just don't have a prayer. And England will be hoping that it continues to deteriorate because if they can get a lead that's sizable enough, then the problem for Rohit is that it's difficult to induce the third innings pickle. And the third innings pickle happens, basically, when mm. that third innings begins with a lead of 60, maybe 70 or fewer. <clears throat> If that's the case, then Rowett can attack early wickets. He can then hope to bundle England out for not much more than 100, be set 200 even on that deck in what would be back end of the third day. It would still be doable. His problem is, if England start with a lead of 90-100 and he doesn't get those early breakthroughs, that opening partnership continues to prosper. When they're effectively, as we say, if they find themselves effectively, 150-odd for none or one, then Rowett's got to have fielders out, which takes out things like back pad. Then effectively, all you're actually doing is defending your stumps and hitting the bad ball with lots and lots of time to spare. But then again, we know that Baz ball has the capacity to shoot itself in the foot. It's done it many, many times before, so we don't know. But to me, and you were out there watching every ball, seeing it in the flesh stokes his captaincy. Captaincy can be one of the most overrated things in the world, but... I can't find any other explanation for how much better England's spinners, incredibly inexperienced spinners, bowl with Stokes as captain to how every other England spinner pretty much... I mean, Panasar and Swan, yes, back in 2012. But but generally speaking, what is it that Stokes is doing, Cameron, that makes it possible for a man like Shah Bashir... I'm going to give you a stat before you answer. (coughs) He is... You might excited. like this. He is one wicket away in this innings from becoming the youngest English off-spinner to take a fifer. Previous youngest, Pat Pocock, at Old Trafford in 1968 against Australia. The famous. Very famous Percy. Uh, he was 21 years, 256 days old. Shah Bashir is well over a year younger than that. He's never taken a fifer in a first-class game, never taken a forfeit in a first-class game. Um, he's somehow landing the ball with consistency. And that's not just his own skills, is it? I mean, it's the captaincy, it's the fields he's got set for him, and it's the belief that's being instilled, which is really quite unusual. So Joe Root gave two really lovely answers in the written press conference after today's play. One, he kind of was talking about Sherb so glowingly uh, as just a person and reflecting on, like, if you took his story and show his story to 15, 16-year-olds, spinners across the country, how much hope it will give them. Because genuinely, two years ago, Sherbyshire was a good, very competent club cricketer who'd just been released by Surrey and was trying to find a way in the professional game. He's now, as you're saying, bowling India out in India. And on the captaincy front, it's not just a fluke with Bashir. It's happened with Rayan Ahmed on debut. It happened with Will Jacks on debut. It goes beyond Hartley. just the spinners. Jamie Overton scoring 97. Hartley... Uh, Josh Tung, um, Matt Potts, the list goes on and on. And I think this England team, today in particular, they've displayed a wonderful relationship between luck and skill. And to lean into the skill side of it, with the captaincy, Root talks about what people don't realise is with the Safra's dismissal from Tom Hartley, two balls earlier, 
Stokes has dropped out deep cover. And now that's seen as often seen as a negative fielding position to be like we're saving a boundary. But actually in Stokes' view, and this isn't like a, an idea that he has a monopoly on, but it's an, an example of his proactive captaincy. He was like, I want to try and get Safraj to push the ball into the offside rather than waiting for it to get that bit fuller and driving it for a boundary. Two balls later, he tries to drop it into the offside for, for one. He gets an edge and Joe Root takes a, a very good catch at slip. Kind of in a nutshell, Ben Stokes' ideas in the way that that isn't an obvious plan from the boundary's edge. It's not like he's bowling to a 7-2 field and right, we're hanging the ball outside off stump. We're going to attempt to get him out in that manner. And to go back to the Bashir thing, he bowled a 31 over spell today. He bowled throughout the middle of a session. He then bowled, in effect, 32 over spell because he just swapped ends at the end of the day. It's the longest spell in tests in India since Anil Kumble had a role in about 2005. And when I say about 2005, I mean in 2005. <laughs> it's the longest spell by an England cricketer since Graham Swan had a 30-something over spell in 2013. And this is a guy who, going into this series, had bowled 200 overs in first-class cricket as a whole. He's bowled 15% of his career tally, not including the match at Vizag, but shut up, um, in one spell, in an England shirt, having not had a professional contract as of a year ago. And again, England benefited from the narrow umpire's calls that went their way. But they had a bowler who was good enough and confident enough and skillful enough to execute over and over and over for what? What's 132 overs? That's 192 balls. And he bowled throughout the middle session for 15 overs. I think it was two for 30. It was a fantastic display of bowling and one that threatened to kind of win the match for England figuratively, if not literally, this evening before... Kuldeep Yadav and Driv Jarelp on a fantastic kind of eight-wicket partnership, which is kind of reflecting where England kind of saved their day between Ollie Robinson and Joe Root. And I don't know if you've had a chance to see Joe Root's comments after the play, but he was... I heard one colleague refer to him as kind of slightly emotional in terms of how relieved he was to get this century and the talk of, yeah, him responding in a way to he's not immune for, to the criticism or at least he's not immune to the noise that surrounds his, his shot. He laughed and joked about, yeah, I thought I might do a reverse ramp on 99, but actually that wasn't the point and that would have been selfish. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you've just recorded the, the BBC podcast as well. So we're, we're very, we're very wide ranging broadcasters who, but never, don't listen to Daniel on that one. Listen to him on this one. Um, yeah. Did you ever feel from Joe Root's kind of words that, I just always quite like it when you see someone as experienced as Root still feeling the emotion and the pressure and the joy of a day and a week well, like this one. Well, he actually did speak at some length to Stefan Schemmel to the BBC and you could tell that he was a bit aggrieved at how his, his shot had been perceived and he kept on using the word, which I found interesting, he kept on saying um, about arrogance, the perception that Basball is arrogant and he finds that a little wounding, I think, because to him it's not arrogance to 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 decide that that was the right option. And by, by that, I mean his dismissal to Boomer, the much-talked-about Boomer dismissal. And they say that they don't listen to outside words, and they say that, you know, everything just stays within the group. <coughs> uh, evidently, it isn't quite as simple as that, and it, and it does filter through. And he would have been acutely aware of the fact, as he was in the interview, that he'd not contributed with the, with the bat. Um, and when England lose really heavily... And he's not making runs. And I think you could 
you could sense that he felt mm. the onus of responsibility and that somehow he had discharged some of those responsibilities in the hundred and um that he was he's they're, they're grappling a little bit with all having fun but somehow being slagged off for it you know it's it's and a lot of our aussie listeners will of course be very familiar with this because there'll be many of the ones doing the slagging off but but whoever england play south africa famously did dean elgar said oh it's, it's nonsense it's not, it's not going to come off against us and probably england won two one um, I don't think they really understand where the criticism comes from and it, where the criticism actually does come from. I don't think is entirely them. I think Ben Duckett's not very helpful because he does say things like it doesn't matter how many runs, oh, it doesn't matter how many runs, if they set us a thousand, we'll score them. He's taken a piss. I know he's yeah. taken a piss, but that is sort of winding up people. But for the most part, I think they're all thinking, well, we're just taking positive options here. Um, but why why are we being accused of being both arrogant and destroying cricket? It, it seems mad. But, you know, that's because sport Twitter and sport generally is a place where we like to have extreme views and we like to be polarised. And also, people hate the English. And this is universally felt around the world with, with some justification historically. And the result of it is that whatever the English do will be interpreted as arrogant, pompous, sort of almost colonialist and imperialist in its ambitions. Uh, and, of course, these players are quite a long way away from the empire. I don't think any of them were, was ever really involved um, in, in well, making one. Don't rule them out. You know, is it, <laughs> time will tell in the future. Um, but, yes, I, I, I did sense that there was a bit of, a, a bit of a grievance, perhaps, from Root, um, but also I wanted to ask you: Is he one hundred percent okay fitness-wise? Because you know Stokes is such—he's um, such a, a sort of ADHD captain. Um, the bowling changes happen all the time, and you just pointed out that Shoaib Bashir bowled effectively a thirty-two over spell. Joe Root bowled one over, made the ball turn an absolute mile past yeah. Guldeep Yadav, and I thought actually on a pitch where the the bounce is variable, especially when it keeps low. The slingy round arm of Root would have been good. So um, w- was that a tactical decision or in part a kind of fitness decision? Because he was wearing two was it two sweaters or something crazy? He was. He was wearing, layering up. I think, to be honest, I didn't ask him that question because I'm a bad broadcaster and wasn't doing my job properly. But I think it's one of the nature of kind of Ben Stokes' captaincy is because he balances two things. He backs the individual resolutely like completely so we see players not come have a bowl for a very long time such as Tom Hartley today who didn't come on to the 32nd over but then bowled an 18 over spell on the trot similar to what he did in the first test in terms of we're going to keep backing you keep backing you but the fields change so that's the kind of in the in the whole in the macro to use horrible kind of economic terms uh, things are changing all the time but then it's the micro and it's actually just the individual it's we're backing you and keeping you all the way I think with Joe Root, there is another question I wished I'd asked him was about the effect that his bowling's had on, on him as a as a player. And to use, I tell you what, we're really, we're really, I'm, I'm about to mention a second podcast. So from the Marcus Stoinis interview that the great cricketer did years ago, he mentioned a piece of advice that MS Dhoni gave to him. And the idea was... Um, only work on your weakness as much as it doesn't take away from your strength. So it's kind of the idea you pull on one side of your T-shirt as much as possible until it moves your other side. And you're like, well, then you don't want to touch it anymore. I think that makes sense. Your eyes no, told well, me I it did. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying going. to work it out, um, but I think I have got it, yeah. And so basically the idea is with Joe Root, as you said, it was a first innings yesterday. And 
Joe Root's been having to contribute so much more in his second string that how has that then impacted his batting and how frustrating is that to him if he can't contribute kind of in full? Something I also wanted to talk about, mainly because I've got a, a, a theory that is stupid, but I feel like might... This is, a, this, is, this is the final word. This is where kind of cricket tragics live and breathe and enjoy each other's company. Today's non-catch from Jaiswal. First of all, did at any point did you think it had carried or are we all in agreement that it had bounced quite clearly before it went through to Ben Folks? Um, in the immediate moment, I thought it was 50-50 and then I saw a replay and it very clearly bounced. <laughs> So that we, we all have gone through the same lived experience, apart from the England team who saw it on the big screen and started jumping up and down loads of back slaps. Maybe Joe Root isn't well because he was the only one who actually thought it was out at the time. But it made me think of when the ball was going through to Ben Folks, he was the, the lining of his gloves. Fuck, I'm excited about this. The lining of his gloves are green. And the grass that it's blending into is also green. And so it was very difficult to see kind of where the ball had taken, whether it just landed in his pinky or in his ring finger. And it made me think about the NFL. The reason it made me think about the NFL was because when teams are playing against, for instance, I think it's the, the Chiefs or a team who plays in red, they will get their players to wear red gloves. So if they're going to hold them and hold their shirts and pull them and like foul them effectively, it's harder for the umpires and the referees to see. So it made me wonder whether wicket keepers should be wearing a colour lining of glove. I'm, I'm worried I'm losing everyone here, but I'm, I'm going I'm to keep going. That's different from the grass and the ball, and so it'd be easier to then get the decision on field. Can you tell me out of 10 whether you think that is the most or least interesting thing you've ever heard in your life? Uh, look, Dave Brailsford, the great coach, would say, take care of the one percenters. And... I think you, exactly. you might be onto something. Obviously, it's working in exactly the opposite way to the NFL situation. What you're saying is that you need to have yeah. a colour contrast between your glove. Otherwise, your glove exactly. merges into the ground and you might have catches removed. I, I think it makes sense. And I, you're there. You can nip over to Ben, folks. You can get him a magenta uh, highlighter pen. Would that work? I mean, some people are red, Wonderful. Some people are red green colourblind, so you might want, like, electric blue famously so maybe get an electric blue highlighter pen and just do it for folks on his gloves perfect so once again it was the twitter account that county championship twitter account that got Shrubbershire picked for england i'm going to get them some catches in the future of ben folks we're, we're dealing in the margin of things we're going to move on to the final world hall of fame which of course as ever as always as hopefully forever is sponsored by westfield london westfield stratford city today's ad copy is brought to you by ChatGPT. She is—is uh, is that an innovative, or is that she in passing the buck onto a computer? Who knows? Let's find out. Listeners, are you ready to step up your shopping game? Picture this: Westfield, London, where victory echoes in every. Oh, I can't read my own writing again. In every, just like England's stunning triumphs over India. Remember that nail-biting finish of the 2019 World Cup final just as England clinched the win with precision. Westfield Stratford City offers unbeatable deals and top-tier brands like Nike and Apple to elevate your shopping experience. And just like India's spinners keeping the English batters on their toes, Westfield London's diverse array of dining options, including Indian-inspired dishes of Bunda's, Binder's Eatery, ensures a taste sensation that will leave you 
cheering for more. Cheering, an interesting adjective at that point, but hey, it's a computer. So whether you're gearing up for a big match or simply looking to score some style points, head to Westfield London and make every shopping trip a winning one. The final word daily, as ever, Westfield London, Westfield Stratford City. Make sure to Google it. Daniel. Yes. Please kick us off. Well, there can be only one Hall of Famer for me uh, because I've oh, yeah. I've alluded to it already today, but it was uh, it was a start of a contrasting day for young Sherb Bashir. So he comes out to bat after this marvelous partnership of 102 between Robinson oh, blimey, and Root. Yeah. What a partnership it was! And actually, at that stage, England would have been dreaming just before Robinson's little reverse paddle, which got the faintest little tickle on the glove, which he evidently didn't feel. Well taken, I've got to say, once again by by Jorel who has been immaculate behind the stumps. Um, so disappointment, Hopefully. disappointment that the that, uh, the partnership had come to an end. But with momentum in England's favour, if Bashir had been able to hang around for five, six overs, then Root might have been able to add another 20, 30 runs. He is England's probably greatest ever, well, run-getter. He will be before awfully long. And he sat there leaning on his bat in 120-odd not out. So what does Bashir decide to do? He played a fairly immaculate-ish first ball. And then the second ball he received um, was one of the wildest, craziest yahoos I've ever seen. It was a proper club yahoo from a proper number 10 who desperately needed to get to an event that his wife had arranged for him. And it was already the game was going on too long and he knew he was going to be in the doghouse if he didn't get it done and dusted. And he proffered the simplest of catches. Um and what I think makes it a Hall of Famer is that it, it was so brainless and so daft. <laughs> You've got this guy at the other end, but also very much in keeping with Basball. And I'll explain for you why very briefly. It's just the way he plays. Very briefly. Um, last year, Jack Leach told us this on the BBC podcast, but I think he's mentioned this before, so it's public, public realm, that uh, when he played a reverse sweep to his first ball out in Pakistan and got bowled, he was. He wanted the ground to swallow him up as he walked off. He thought, oh my God, what have I done? That looks terrible. Baz was apparently waiting for him and said, great shot, mate. Loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and I can just imagine that when every right-thinking human being is watching Bashir play that shot and go, what on earth is that? He walks into the changer and gets, gets a high five <laughs> from captain and coach. So... Oh, it's a crazy world we live in. It's the right process. Well, that's why it's that, process, not execution. That's my Hall of Famer. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because yeah, Joe Root at the end actually said, was annoyed at like Anderson. Was like, why are we like, why are you out? What's going on? I'm still here. But my own Hall of Fames. Uh, first one, very quick one. Marcus Dreskothic, England are so low on the ground here now that he was in full whites and helping run on drinks because you're only allowed to run on drinks if you are wearing whites. So he was throwing back the years. And the second one I've got was, I thought this wasn't true when I first got told it. I had to get this, this source from a second source. Um, a poor Indian fan over, sat over by, the, um, uh, by where the teams are, stood up, yelled out, uh, row it, you should retire, or words along those lines. Gone. Out of here. That is not allowed in this house. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if they are tuning in, hopefully this caught you up with what happened in the day because you didn't get to see any of it after a, a certain point in the afternoon. But there we go. Um, that is all for today. Uh, what's going to happen tomorrow? Oh, sorry, Daniel, go. Can I just have one last mention? Because I've realised we've been a bit one-eyed on England. Um, just a quick one. Yeah. Just a quick one on Jaiswal. 
Is you're always wa- oh always wondering me. whether this this guy is just in a purple purple patch or is a really genuinely the real deal. He batted beautifully today, and it came as a genuine shock that he missed a, a slowish straight one that just didn't get up that much. It it, it baffled well, yeah. me because he played yet again utterly beautifully, and I'm I'm now fast coming to the conclusion. In about two or three years' time, you might be the best batter in the world. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there because it was another lovely day of Joe Swall in part. I completely agree. And I think it was fitting that the only way that England were able to dismiss him was from a ball that effectively didn't bounce very much. And he was robbed of another century having, well, it says everything you need to know that you come out, when India come out to bat now, you've, you've got Rohit Sharma at one end. And my heart is going, the big wicket here is at the other end of Jaiswal. This is the wicket that England need. Anyway, we'll find out how tomorrow plays out. Will the fast forward beat button be hit? Will Kuldeep and Jarrell get India up closer to parity? It's anyone's guess. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be thrilling. I'll be back with Adam tomorrow. Thank you very much, Daniel, for being with us. Thank you very much for listening, for watching. Let us know your thoughts below, but only if they're positive. See you later. Sorry if I ran into empty this, so you know what I meant here. I had to go.